Researchers at the University of Edinburgh found that the same bacteria that causes leprosy, a devastating disease with a history of intense stigma, may also be able to safely repair and regenerate livers. So far, this regenerative potential has only been observed on armadillo livers, but researchers are hopeful that it could transfer to humans. This is Pulse Check. I'm Ruth Reader. Elizabeth Holmes, founder of the failed blood testing startup Theranos that cost investors hundreds of millions of dollars, will be sentenced today. She was originally charged with four counts of defrauding investors in January and potentially faces a maximum of 20 years in prison. Her lawyers requested 18 months of house arrest. Senator Cory Booker is among those who sent letters of support for Holmes to the judge. The decision will signal to health and technology entrepreneurs exactly what kinds of penalties they are likely to face if they lie to investors about what their products can do. The FDA is giving the green light to lab-grown meat for the first time. A California company called Upside plans to sell meat from cultured chicken cells. Before it can start selling, the company's labs and manufacturing facilities must meet FDA requirements and undergo USDA inspection. This matters because it shows the agency's interest in ushering in innovative forms of food production. Researchers are still debating whether or not lab-grown meat is more environmentally friendly than traditional meat production. And after exploding during the pandemic, venture funding for health technology startups is tanking. Ben Leonard is here to talk with me about why this threatens medical innovation. You were just in Las Vegas for the big health tech conference, Health. How was that? It was good. Still kind of recovering. I was there for a day. It was very quick. You know, a lot of people from the industry there and definitely a lot of excitement there going on. Well, let's get into that. So, what are the big highlights from health? So it was definitely very, you know, as as it always is in Vegas, you know, a spectacle. They had puppies out and little nap stations and really, you know, all the free food you could ever want and stuff. There was a lot of focus on that and there was a lot of hype around tech and the usual buzzwords and things like that. There wasn't a huge focus on policy. Some of the, the vibes, definitely people were excited to be post-COVID and the COVID was not really a you know topic of discussion really on in terms of the panels and just people attending the industry was kind of trying to figure out what's next post covid you know you and i just worked on a story together about investment in health tech and how that's sort of on the decline so i'm really curious to know what was the mood of investors what were people really angling for at the conference you know did it feel like investors were sort of getting into the mood to invest again? Or were there big companies there on the hunt for, you know, small companies that they could acquire? What was like the business of the day? Yeah, so I think some investors were saying, you know, I think root investment will start coming back soon-ish. But the general vibes were the market's in decline and probably going to be a lot of consolidation coming up. You know, gleaning from my inbox, I got hundreds and hundreds of emails pitching products and things like that. Yeah, there's way less money flowing into health tech startups. And there are sort of a few different reasons for that, right? One is the overall economic climate. But I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what are some of the other aspects that are driving that? Well, I I think part of it is that a lot of money has been spent already, too. And, you know, there was just kind of overvaluation, I think, is what a lot of investors are saying. In 2021, amid the pandemic, there was a ton of hype about digital health, you know, with the rise of telehealth. And I think we've seen telehealth funding fall, which is one, you know, trend I think 
you know, people are, get, in terms of just investment, you know, getting off that train a little bit. It's kind of a return to normalcy almost, I think. It's not that the value proposition of digital health is going away. The funding's returning back to kind of pre-pandemic levels. And I think that was kind of the mood among investors at the conference and kind of what we reported as well. I'm really interested to see sort of what the next thing is. You know, we talked to a few different investors about this, and there was another feeling that we haven't quite figured out the next big thing in health tech, right? Because so much of the first wave, if you want, of health tech was both telehealth, to your point, but then also, you know, programs that could be sold to employers. So, you know, some employers decide to self-fund insurance. And what that means is that they essentially pay out of pocket for employee health expenses rather than contracting with an insurer to do that. And sometimes they'll buy into like an insurance network, but instead they'll like work with these different programs and companies to supply various health services to their employees in order to keep them healthier. So like, you know, Livongo started out that way as an example. And there's a bevy of others. Maven Clinic is another one. It's a reproductive health platform. So essentially works with women on their various reproductive health issues, birth control or family planning, and these kinds of programs that can really help employers stand out in a market where they're vying for talent, right? But that market is sort of very saturated now. And also to your point, right, the economy is kind of in decline. So employers aren't like as easy of a target as they used to be. And so I really wonder if there was any inclination at health of sort of like what the next thing might be, or if investors are looking at anything in particular, whether that's like AI, you know, software plays, I think clinical trial investment is, you know, something that we might see a lot more of. We have these big players like Barely also from Google getting into this more and more. You know, it's kind of the wave of the future, I feel like. And there's been a big push diversifying clinical trials just because historically people with more resources have been, you know, more likely to be in clinical trials. And we've seen some of the consequences of that as well with, you know, pulse oximeters these devices to measure plug oxygen during the pandemic, they've been shown to not be as accurate for people with dark skin with potentially, you know, deadly consequences. So um, that's probably been fueling it also, you know, seeing the consequences of that. Secretary Javier Becerra was one of the government officials that talked and he, he said that the long, you know, there's been kind of sluggish long COVID research. And he said one of the reasons why is because they're trying to diversify clinical trials more and, you know, clearly not quite where they want to be at this point. So there's still a lot of room for growth there. And then I guess just for the big picture of what this all means, you know, with the pullback and funding, you know, there's been a lot of innovation in healthcare. And, you know, this is just making it harder to, you know, make ends meet. But, you know, some investors had told us, you know, good companies often come out of times of financial hardship, because they really have to work hard to make ends meet and not, um, you know, and count every penny and make sure they're not wasting money. So I think, you know, that is the silver lining here, I think, in terms of innovation. Yeah, that's so interesting. And maybe, look, maybe the government will be a client, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much. Of course, always happy to be on. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. 
Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Ruth Reader. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.